0: Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you you love your credit card rewards? Tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
1: In the spirit of the holidays we want you to celebrate with your favorite wager talk or sports memo handicappers and do it at a discount by giving you a one-time 25 percent off everything you can fit into your cart between now and midnight on december 25th using coupon code gift25 when checking out while this coupon can only be used once at wager talk and once at sports memo the value is unlimited and there is no limit on what you can add to your cart when redeeming daily all access season Pick your team and even mix-and-match handicappers as the combinations are endless. Remember, there is no limit to the number of handicappers at WagerTalk and Sports Memo you can lock in, but coupon code GIFT25 will expire at midnight on Christmas. On behalf of everyone at WagerTalk, Memo, and Gold Sheet, we want to thank you for supporting us in 2022 by watching our videos, following us on social media, and trusting us with your wagers. However you celebrate, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
2: Happy Friday, everybody. Friday
3: starts the weekend, and it is a Christmas weekend, and we're here to help make your Christmas a little bit more profitable through the props betting market. I'm Andy Lang from wagertalk.com. Joining me, as always, my fellow prop masters Matt Josephs from sportsmemo.com, Andrew McGinnis. From wagertalk.com, we've got a lot to get to today. We've got, obviously, weather affecting a ton of NFL games, so we'll go through some of the games affected. We'll break down NFL games. We'll do our best bet at the end of the show, and we are also going to do our Wager Talk hoodie giveaway in honor of yours truly's birthday. Yes, it's my birthday. Uh, If you commented on the Bet On It show yesterday, I've pulled all of your names, and I'm going to randomly choose three of them, and you all will receive a wager talk, Cody, and football. Uh, Matt, coming to you first. Uh, I th- believe you're having a pretty good bowl season so far, college football. So tell us what you got going on at Sports Memo, and uh, what you expect uh, from this uh, this weekend moving forward with the college bowls.
2: Uh, Yeah, it was a uh, a great day yesterday. Nailed the first quarter under in the Air Force game and uh, also took a rare uh, over two and a half points for Air Force in the first quarter. Uh, And obviously, they did all the scoring there. They had uh, nine points in that first quarter. So 8-2 and in the bowl season now, well over 60% on the college football season. I got a three-pack of uh, plays for the Gasparilla Bowl tonight. That is uh, Wake Forest and Missouri. You can get that on sportsmemo.com. And I believe there's still a day left if you want to get the bowl package at a reduced rate. Uh, Just remember, we do not play every bowl game. So uh, we're very selective when it comes to that. And usually, I guess, we talk about the Thursday night game. I didn't watch the Thursday night game. I'm very mad at myself. Last night, I almost didn't play a single prom in that game, but then I saw how bad the weather was, and I was like, oh, I'll just take the under on the Jacksonville Jaguars kickers points, and of course, it went over in the first half, because the Jets defense didn't show up yesterday, so uh, shame on me for not uh, sitting that one out, but uh, uh, looking forward to it, more balls uh, coming up today.
3: Matt, my only prep was over one and a half touchdowns for the Jaguars, and I sat there watching the Jaguars move the ball up and down the field, only to watch what, five field goal attempts for them to go over their team total and yet somehow not get two touchdowns. Andrew, coming to you, uh, hockey season, uh, almost getting to the to the midway point. Uh, how's everything going for you in hockey? What were your thoughts last night? And what do you have up at wagertalk.com?
4: Yeah, things are going pretty well, Andy. Like I said uh, last week, you know, I went through a slump where at one point, full transparency, I think I was down around 25 or 30%. Um, over at the website for clients and now we're upwards of I think uh, 15 units on the season so uh, turn things around in a big way I think it's around a 30 and 15 run we're now on so it's been a steady run here in the NHL and uh, speaking of the NHL today on the show I'm going to give out some future bets I think this is the halfway point this is the good time to look at future bets and Um, I don't look at, uh, you know, the favorites, not giving anybody futures for the teams that are in first place right now. We're looking at some futures for the teams that, uh, you know, potentially could get their act together uh, come the new year. But uh, yeah, as far as that game last night, the only play I did end up making was the longest field goal over. And uh, I needed a good kick for that one, but we did get there and catch that one. And it was in a game where I just figured we would get quite a few field goals. I know the weather wasn't really extremely appropriate for Potentially, uh, needing field goals, but, uh, I thought the number kind of, uh, accounted for that and we cashed it. So I'm um, happy to cash those. And, uh, honestly, shout out to Matt for getting me in, in, interested in these field goal props at all. You know, whether it's extra point or anything like that, I really enjoy the longest field goal prop.
3: Great stuff. Uh, <laughs> the longest field goal prop. <laughs> it's amazing how, uh, how many, how many of these props we enjoy there. There's sometimes there's too many of them. Uh, I'm uh, let's see thoughts on last night. The jets are just uh, just a horrific offense. It's really bad. And that Jacksonville team is really turning the corner. Uh, It's going to be interesting with I mean, don't forget they have Calvin Ridley. Next year, so that offense is going to add a, a stud wide receiver. So should be pretty fun uh, to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not happy I get to have them in in uh, same division as my Colts, but uh, we'll get over it. All right, guys, let's break down some games and then we'll talk about some weather. So Matt, going to come to you first. Let's just uh, knock out the big game: Dallas, Philadelphia. Obviously, the biggest story, no Jalen Hurts, kind of takes a little bit of shine off the game. But there's still a lot of props to deal with. What do you expect from the Cowboys and the Eagles?
2: So obviously with Gardner Minshew in there, uh, the offense somewhat changes. And and really when you kind of go back and look at last year with Gardner Minshew, he had two starts. You kind of throw the Dallas game out last year because he was throwing to a bunch of nobodies. He essentially had nothing but Jalen Ragers out there. You look at that Jets game, of course, last year the Jets defense was nowhere near what it was this year, but he was pretty solid, 20-25, 242 yards, two touchdowns. He ran the ball a little bit, I think. Uh, You know, his rushing number's not out yet. There might be some value on his over. I I think there's going to be some some RPO stuff where he decides to keep it because no one's going to think he's going to keep it. So if the number's low enough, I might be interested on the over there. The one thing I'm kind of worried about, and I don't think they're necessarily going to do this, but, like, if Gardner Minshew wins this game and throws for 300 yards and has, like, three touchdowns, like, then that kind of hurts Jalen Hurts' MVP. I don't think they're going to tank the play calling to make it look like Jalen Hurts is the MVP. But I do think Miles Sanders will see a little bit more here. But, like, I don't think the offense is going to change that much. Dallas Goddard had one of his best games last year in that Jets game uh, with Gardner Minshew out there. He's expected to be available. So I think the Eagles' offense is going to run as usual with Gardner out there. And on the Dallas side, Zeke is, I don't know what it is. Zeke always has good games against us. he I put him down for a touchdown in this game, at least. Um, I, I think that CeeDee Lamb might struggle a little bit. Uh, Avante Maddox is back, and every time he lines up in the slot, he'll see Maddox. He's one of the best slot corners in the league. I don't know necessarily if there's any value with anybody else at wide receiver in Dallas, but I'll be interested to see this Eagles offense. I think there'll be some value there in the props uh, when it comes to that stuff. There could be some field goals being settled for on both sides. Both defenses stiffen up a little bit when it comes to the red zone. So it should be a fun game, even though it will be Gardner Minshew over Jalen Hurts.
3: Yeah, you mentioned Zeke. I mean, the guy scored a touchdown in seven straight games. It's just incredible what those running backs are doing for Dallas. So it should be a a fun game. I'm with you, Matt. I'm not really sure if there's going to be that big of a drop-off uh, from Hertz to Minshew. And uh, I, I sometimes like when these backup quarterbacks come in and they get a, at least a quarter or half of of plays that the defense just hasn't seen before. So it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if they had some uh, some really nice uh, success early on. Well, guys,
4: it, I, yeah. I, I wanted to say, I, I saw something that, to this week. It was like a debate. Uh, it was like this clip. I don't know if it was old or new. It was like Tyree Kill versus Shannon Sharp. And uh, you can only imagine how fun of an interview that was to watch. But it was them talking about is it the quarterback making the receiver look good? Is the receiver making the quarterback look good. And it, it reminded me of what you just said there, Matt, about this, because, well, you know, we all, it, it all really depends on what happens in this game. You know, depending on if Gardner Minshew goes out there and he throws for three touchdowns and and they, you know, they end up winning the game outright and have a great game. Do you gen do you guys both genuinely think that takes away from Jalen Hurts, or does that just show that he has a good team as well? But he's also a great player. I mean, I find that stuff very interesting. And the reason why I bring it up to, to keep it relevant to props is that obviously we're going to be getting you know a lot different numbers here with Minshew than we would be getting with Hurts, but yet we're getting the same team out there as Hurts has every week. So I don't know for me, like, I, I, I. I always value quarterbacks. You know, I'm going to talk about the the Chiefs game here in a minute, and, and uh, at the end of at the end of the show here, like I know how great quarterbacks are, but at the same time, the guys out there are still the guys out there, Matt. You know, and that's kind of where I sit with that game. I, I'm still looking at it and thinking. I feel like we're getting a discount on some players because of the quarterback change.
2: I uh, I arguably saw the dumbest tweet of all time on Twitter, and I know Twitter's a cesspool <laughs> anyway. But, it, it, I mean, it, it loosely d- determines this, but, like, there was a guy on Twitter who was talking about C.J. Stroud for the Heisman, and he was pointing out one game. He's like, well, C.J. Stroud threw a high pass to Marvin Harrison Jr., and he caught the ball, so he shouldn't get credit for it for the Heisman. But, like... Look, the Eagles have a great system. They have great players, but you still have to have somebody to run that great system. Like, it's not like you could drop Zach Wilson on the Eagles, and then all of a sudden they're still, what was it, 13-1, and one, whatever it is. Like, you still have to have a good player to run the system. So, to me, yeah, you can't penalize a guy for having good players around him. Now, obviously, Patrick yeah. Mahomes' case is good because Tyree Hill's gone, but I'm not going to say, like, oh, the Eagles added AJ, A.J. Brown, so that means Jalen Hurts is a lesser player.
3: I, I I agree with I agree with both of you completely. I also agree with the, the your comment about the tweet, Matt. Uh, it is a cesspool out there. Uh, so, Andrew, coming to come on, you. Come, come on, Elon. Come on, Elon. I'll put a poll up to see if, uh, <laughs> see if my account should be banned or not. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> coming to you <laughs> next. Uh, looks like we're going to talk about the Texans and the Titans. Titans dealing with so many injuries on defense can the Texans take advantage of them what do you have for us in the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans
4: well one thing I wanted to bring up I found an article talking about um, just the system right now uh, that we're seeing uh, you know involving at Davis Mills and uh, we're we're seeing really with the Texans uh, running two quarterbacks it's it's definitely part of the handicap here from a prop perspective Andy and I'm just not really going to overthink it here and you know this article pretty much talked about how you know you're gonna see you're you're gonna see multiple quarterbacks in drives. You're gonna see multiple quarterbacks throwing the ball. This isn't what you saw with the Saints, you know, where a quarterback was coming in to be a quarterback running back, you know, and not actually ever throw the ball like Hill was. This is literally an example of just two guys splitting, you know, all the all, all the snaps. And so I'm looking at the pass attempts under. For Davis Mills I think we're going to see him throw the ball minimally I think we're not going to see him out there nearly as much as expected for people I still think he can um, run a little bit although he hasn't been too successful with it recently but for anybody out there that's betting this game which I doubt this is one of the on the card that's the you know the most bet by any means but um, this is something to be aware of uh, if you're betting quarterback props which are always fun to do are what people kind of know about the most is I've made some money uh, betting on them this year I think it's interesting to look at the past attempts under uh, for Davis Mills, just thinking literally that he might be splitting the load. And I don't think that um, it looks like these websites so far, the very few that do have his number up guys, they're not really aware of that so far. So um, I always find that you can't trust articles. Like you you have to try and get backup plans. You've got to try and get a second opinion, second article to look at. Um, but from, based on what I read, these guys aren't even arguing it. You know, a lot of times these players and quarterbacks, they don't they don't really seem happy about this stuff. Mills is like, yeah, it's working. Whatever. Let's rock with it. I mean, they're playing well uh, with it, I guess. They're scoring points, so they're going to just continue with it, and I think that's a good uh, pass to look at. Uh, who would have thought that I'd be talking about Derrick Henry and it wouldn't be rushing yards? How about Derrick Henry uh, hitting his receptions over in eight of his last 12 games here this season. This is a guy that's an absolute wrecking ball. You would say look at his over on yards, but honestly, they're kind of using him in in short yard situations, not just running, but a quick pass, get him a few yards and get the first down. Um, and his number is not that high for that as it is obviously for rushing plus receiving and stuff like that. So I know we've talked on this show about, do you look at both? Do you combine the bet? Do you look at, you know, the rushing receiving? Same thing as points, rebounds, and assists and that kind of stuff uh, in basketball. This week, I'm actually just focusing on Derrick Henry's receptions. Um, they're gonna try their best to lock him down um as far as their rush defense is concerned. Let's be honest. I think the three of us would all agree they're not going to be able to do that, but I'm gonna focus just strictly on the rushing and uh like I mentioned, um, I think that Tannehill could attempt to rush the ball, but I don't think he'll be able to. And uh, as far as trends are concerned, that's one of the strongest trends on this game is Tannehill under his rushing yards. Last year, guys, if you think back to it, he was on his horse quite a bit. I mean, this is a guy that was running the ball. It was a huge part of their team. And this year, we haven't really seen it as much. And when he's tried, it hasn't really worked out for him. So I kind of have a circle around that with a question mark if I would pull the trigger on that one. But I'm telling you what, Davis Mills' undrawn pass attempts is making my client card this week. That is a client play. Look at Derrick Henry on his receptions.
3: Good stuff from uh, Adrian McGinnis. We'll monitor that uh, Ryan Tannehill injury and uh, see what his status is. I'm going to take a look at the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the New England Patriots. I ruled out a lot of props in this one, and I'm keeping it simple. Listen, both teams are good at stopping the run. They're top 12. In rushing defense, both teams are pretty good at defending the pass. So you've got two pretty good defenses. It's going to be uh, cold. I don't think the wind is going to be as big of a factor in this one. And I just think the Patriots' offense is pretty bad and very predictable. And the Bengals' defense is good enough to stop them. They're one of the best second half defenses. They make incredible adjustments at halftime. So I'm going Patriots' team total under 19 and a half points. I don't think they can get to three touchdowns. I don't think they can even get to two touchdowns. So uh, take a look at Patriots team total under 19 and a half points. My problem with the Bengals is I just, I cannot trust their skill position players. Is T Higgins going to come out and play a few plays and then he's out uh, and leave the game hurt. He's done that a couple times. The Patriots, their, their defense is great. We know it taking away the best player. What do they focus on? Jamar chase. Maybe it's Joe Mixon. I, I I think this could be just a complete Joe Burrow game, and I might look at him at over 257 and a half yards passing. If they decide to take away Mixon, then I think he uh, uh, Burrow has a chance to spread the ball out to Boyd, to Chase, and to Higgins. If Higgins does have a complete game, there there's just not too many secondaries that can guard all three of those guys. So I think – I think, regardless of what happens for the Cincinnati Bengals offense, Burrow's going to have the, the best shot at having success. I would take him over his passing yards. My favorite play in this one is just the Patriots under 19 and a half points. I just don't see them getting a whole lot of points in this game. Uh, Matt, coming back to you. Washington and San Francisco. Can the Washington offense. Get anything done against this San Francisco defense. It's been really, really tough for opponents. What do you have for your, for us in this one?
2: Well, the thing I want to kind of point out to people about the commanders, uh, there was a station in D.C. 106.7, the fan that had Ron Rivera on this past week, and they asked him about Carson Wentz, and he said, um, quote, this is from Ron Rivera, You know, going into the second half, scoring early, moving the ball the way we did, it would have been hard for me to make a change right there. And then the follow-up question was, if that went differently, could you have made a change? Rivera said yes, if it had, but again, it didn't, so it never crossed my mind. Uh, you're thinking, here we go, and let's continue with this. So I think there's a chance Wentz plays in this game. I, I really do because I can't see Taylor Heineke doing a lot against this San Francisco defense. I, I think you know Heineke has to be leading the league in dropped interceptions. Uh, I just every time I watch this guy, there's there's passes he's throwing to people, and they're just getting dropped. And so like I'm looking now to see what the interception is. Well, it's minus 175 on the over. So I mean, clearly you know DraftKings agrees Harley. with me, but. I think well, what I can't parlay it with Matt Ryan anymore. He's not playing this week, so I, I mean, I could find somebody else. Maybe I could parlay it with uh, Carson Wentz interception for when he does play. But I think there could be some value on the unders for for Heineke if he does not last all game. Between the fact that he's going up against a really tough defense. And the Carson Wentz thing, I I feel like there's a chance we're going to see Carson in the middle of one of these games and why not against one of the best defenses in the league when you desperately have to win with the Lions and the Seahawks right behind you. Um, The other thing is, I mean, the books keep doing this very low, so I'm going to keep doing it, is Terry McLaurin overs. San Francisco doesn't have a number one corner, really. I mean, they just, they have uh, the Lenore guy and they have, I forget who the other guy is, but like they don't have a true lockdown number one guy. And the one thing Taylor Heineke does really well is he knows where his bread is buttered. He goes and throws it to his number one wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. And it's fifty-seven and a half. and he went over that last week. The receptions is four and a half with the juice shading to the over. But I mean, to me, it's simple. You go towards uh, Terry McLaurin. And then on the 49ers side, Once again, as usual, I kind of like McCaffrey more as a receiver than I do a running back, although as of late, Washington's rush defense hasn't been as good. You're getting the manageable four-and-a-half receptions for Christian McCaffrey, which is odd to say because outside of Austin Eckler, how many other running backs can you say four-and-a-half is manageable? Um, You know (laughs) – The one time I decided to go yards was the last time um, that uh, – what was it? It was two weeks ago. McCaffrey went over on his receptions in the first quarter. I was think it was the Monday night game and did not go over on his yards. But I would look at his receptions at 4.5 for me. Uh, that's very manageable for Christian McCaffrey.
3: You can get all of Matt Joseph's – Things at sportsmemo.com Go grab his college bowl selections. Already off to a great start, and we still have the rest of the bowl season to cash in on. Andrew, coming to you, Seahawks and Chiefs. Uh, we got. Uh, looks like uh, Walker's going to be playing for Seattle, and then they've got to travel to the bitter, bitter cold of Kansas City. That is going to be an absolutely frigid, freezing game. Uh, what do you expect uh, for the weather conditions to do in this game, and what props are you looking at?
4: Well, Andy, first and foremost, I just have to thank you because before the show, when I'm looking at uh, a couple of websites that I use just for simple trends, um, when I'm mentioning a quarterback that's listed out, I have no problem if you want to let me know. And that's what happened right there. And you're like, yeah, we'll monitor this guy. I'm like, damn it, Andy, just give it to me straight. I don't know how I just mentioned. I literally saw on the report as guys clearly out. And I just like, when I see, when I see huge streaks and props, I just go crazy. Same thing with NHL with shots on goal. And I was like, damn it. The second I stopped talking and you said that, I was like, Andy, just give it to me tough, man. Don't be light on me. You're like, yeah, yeah we'll he's kind of he's out spon- for the year. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if he spontaneously just comes back and uh, hopefully can cash it. Well, I mean, technically he would be hitting his r- rushing yards under. Um, that's <laughs> he, He's not playing. I don't know if we can bet that prop at all. But uh, look, a guy who is playing uh, in this game, I sure hope he is. And, and you can just yell at me and I'll just leave the show right now. If he's not, Is Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon is playing some really good football right now. Um, I I think this is the time of year in football where, You see some people kind of turn the corner. Um, You know, this is a guy that I'm not expecting him to, you know, average 90, you know, 100 yards a game, but he's getting the options. He's getting the targets. He's getting receptions, yards. This is one of those examples here where it's somebody that's just getting fed. And in a game like this, I expect it to be very back and forth. I do expect it to be high scoring. And, yeah, you talk about, um, you know, quarterback situation here for the Seahawks. It doesn't seem like no matter who's been in for the Seahawks, really on just a larger scale, um, in big games is where I have targeted completions. So I'm, I'm just going to say, in general, quarterbacks over the I look back over the past like year and a half, like a season and a half, these quarterbacks for the Seattle uh, Seahawks, they go over on completions and attempts when they're playing these, you know, big teams like the Chiefs. When they're playing teams that they know they can, you know, go head to head with or, or or very bottom of the standings, they go way under on their completions. I'm telling you guys, this is a, a time of the, of the year where you're taking a look at this matchup. The Chiefs aren't going to take it light. They're not going to be able to um, just run the ball and go easy. They're going to have to pass the ball. And I think that we're going to see lots of pass attempts, lots of completions there, uh, from the Seahawks. I do worry about their running game. It hasn't been very strong at all. And that can definitely be an issue. Um, look, I I think that McKinnon to get in the end zone is something I'm looking at, but really my favorite play of this game is him on his uh, receptions. He's hit that in six of the last seven games. And we all know how it goes with Mahomes. when he finds a favorite target he usually sits with them for a couple weeks and rides it out so do you i just wanted to say do you guys remember at the start of the year we were doing uh season win totals and point totals and we're talking about these big teams andy i think you and i were talking about you know the Bucks, chiefs a lot of people said that you know what are going what are the weapons going to be for the chiefs you know who do they have what's their offense going to look like how spread out has this offense been for the Chiefs this year? You know, it's almost been di- it hasn't just been the Tyreek Hill and, and uh Travis Kelsey show this year. It's been a lot of different guys, which has made them a really good team, I think.
3: Yeah, I've been loving Isaiah Pacheco over his rushing total uh the last few weeks, uh once what's Clyde Edwards lair went out. And you're right, McKinnon's just been really, really a nice piece um uh, for the Chiefs team. So uh, I'm going to take a look at Buffalo and Chicago. Another freezing game. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just think we, we probably have to just take Justin Fields over his rushing total. He just gets there like every single game. He's gone over 70 yards rushing in seven out of eight games. The weather is going to be windy. It looks like sustained winds over 20 miles an hour. The Bears cannot pass the ball even with no wind. And, you know, I was a bit worried last week when he came back. I was a bit worried about the injury and would he play – would he play it safe uh, last week after being out? Like, Would he throw the ball away instead of taking off and running? Well, what does he do? He rushes the ball 15 times to go flying over his rushing total. He got over in the first half. I think we just keep playing this prop. Buffalo's defense is really good. The Chicago offense, uh, to be kind, we'll just say it's limited. And so their, their best play is Justin Fields running. So I'm going to take him over as rushing. And on the other side of the ball, I'm going to take James Cook over his rushing total. I like this low number of 28 and a half yards rushing. He had 34 last week in the game against Miami, which was a very close game. Now in that game, Josh Allen rushed 10 times for 77 yards. Singletary rushed 13 times for 42 yards. I just think if Buffalo gets ahead of Chicago by multiple scores, which is is very, very possible, I think Allen runs the ball fewer times. They're going to protect him a little bit more. And Cook probably gets more touches. So I would expect him to be involved, especially in the second half, and to go over this 28-and-a-half rushing yards. The Bears have allowed the seventh most rushing yards this season, so they're susceptible to getting run on. And I think I'll attack that Bears defense by taking a James Cook over. So... Uh well, guys, let's talk a little bit about the weather here um i I think we <laughs> show the graphic <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh well done graphics team <laughs> oh my um, god
4: that's hilarious that is it's awesome. great
3: That's so good so good uh so <laughs> matt coming to you um some games that you're looking at weather-wise uh that you you either want to stay away from or you think there's advantages what are some games that you've kind of had your eye on just because of the weather
2: well, obviously, I mean, it's the game. that, uh, and, and I know last week you went on your – it wasn't really a tirade. It was like your little thing about how wind doesn't matter. But in Cleveland, it does. I don't know if you remember, what, like two or three years ago, they had a couple of really bad wind games, and they were like 10-3 to – Contest, they were like 13 to three contests. They were just like these really low scoring things and there was barely any passing. So, uh, you know, some of this stuff is going to come out and I'm looking at the receiving numbers in this game. The highest receiving total in this game is Amari Cooper at 32 and a half and DPJ at 32 and a half. And like, to me, that may not even be low enough. So, so uh, to me, I'm really afraid of the wind and the snow and everything in Cleveland and the what they're calling a bomb cyclone. Guys, I actually found some footage uh, of one of the last win games of somebody practicing a field goal. And boy, it just went really, really haywire. Let's uh, see if the guys in the back can pop in this secret footage that I found. Oh, wow. Oh yeah, that's right. You said that. That's right. I am an idiot. I I we. it was something from Super Tech Mobile when you missed a field goal. So that's what it was. Go Google Super Tech Mobile miss field goal and then you can see what I was trying to do. But all right, like obviously guys, it's the Cleveland game. That I I, I would go unders or nothing in that game altogether.
3: Look. <laughs> well, gra- you know, the graphics, I, I just find that with, the Graphics team with- is frozen pipes this morning. They couldn't pull up the tech Bowl. <laughs>
4: That, that graphic is enough. Come on. That's a nice graphic there. It's I like that one alone. That's a good one alone. But you know, guys, Andrew. I always find that people overreact to weather, like when it comes to handicapping. And I think that you can hear a huge deal of it. Obviously, the wind is the biggest deal. Cold weather and snow could obviously play a factor. But to me, you know, it depends on the player, it depends on the team and how they already call plays. But I think last week we have to use it as a good example, and I want I wanted your guys' opinion on this because do you guys remember last week when apparently the Dolphins, you know, just were going to be scared of cold weather; they weren't going to be able to put up two touchdowns because they were so scared of getting cold, and they they're not used to cold weather, and the, you know, like that's that to me is what kind of bugs me about this stuff, right? Is that when when you know teams that are from warm places play in the cold and people act like they're going to just shrivel up and like just fall over and collapse because they're playing somewhere it's cold that's what really bugs me as far as that is concerned but look i i you guys know that uh i'd say like 70 percent of the props i bet are quarterback props and i think this is a time where even in some of these windy games and if you're getting miserable weather even rain and stuff like that i think we see more more rushing yards from quarterbacks you know like Talk about the Bills game. I mean, let's look at Bills. uh, Josh Allen again for his rushing yards. You know, there's all kinds of quarterbacks that are going to be holding on to the ball. And I'm going to make this very clear when I say this: whether they like it or not, whether they want to or not, they're going to be running with the ball. They're gonna, they're gonna be, you know, uh, you know, go back to pass. And if if they don't see that four yard pass they were looking to make, they're gonna move. So I don't know, like Andy, do you think that people overreact to it a little bit and then? even the sports books as well do.
3: Absolutely. They absolutely, they overreact to it. I've talked about this. I talk about this all the time when there's wind. I I need sustained winds of 25 miles an hour more before I, I think it really, really makes, you know, a a difference. I, I, I said, I thought last night the weather was overblown. I think I was right on that. I mean, the jets were not affected by bad weather. They were affected by a bad quarterback in Jacksonville didn't jacksonville didn't have any problems moving the ball I, I and matt you can correct me on this one they made a good point of saying when jacksonville got like inside the 30 they were perfectly fine with playing a very conservative offense and not worrying about touchdowns and just going for field goals and the fact that they, they made all those was a four out of five field goals you know says that the weather was again overblown i mean I, Matt, I thought your play on the kicking props was solid, but the weather just didn't come to fruition. So when I look at some of these games, I, I just am not seeing wind outside of that Saints and Browns game that really scares me too much. I guess the Chiefs game, but even then, they're they're saying the sustained winds are not even up to 15 miles an hour. At the Ravens, they're saying those winds are barely 15 to 20 miles an hour sustained. So um I, I i just i think there could be some real value in some of these some of these receivers who are who are going to catch some short passes we saw it with, with evan ingram last night i mean trevor lawrence had no problem hitting evan ingram uh for for plenty of of catches and then then did a nice job running the ball so some of these games maybe the books overreact to it and uh we end up with some games that are a little bit more high scoring than we think especially ones with uh, you know two capable quarterbacks unlike the, the game we had last night
2: <laughs> so hey andy yes hey uh real real quick because i put this in the slack and you must not have seen it uh real quick i do i do want to do a round table thing real quick <laughs> um there is one sure. potential storyline that could go this weekend and i just want to get you guys thoughts on it uh steelers raiders uh, the unfortunate passing of uh, Franco Harris, rest in peace. Do we think that the Mike Tomlin feeds Najee Harris with all the storylines surrounding this game and the fact that it's cold? And I think there's a little win there. Do we think that Najee Harris is in for a big game in this one? I guess, Andrew, what, what's your thoughts on that?
4: Well, I know Andy, you've been uh, you've been involved in his props. It seemed like all season long for anybody that's watched Wager Talk today. Uh, at least I know that uh, I've been following along with that every Friday when you're on. and You've had some stuff to say about him, so I'll, I'll leave that really to you. But I think that. Um, as far as coaching game plans are concerned and, and kind of what they're looking at you'll have to read reports and and look to see what they're playing they're deciding there but if there was ever to be a game where we could expect something from him I think this is the week you know I, I think you know my portfolio this week for prop bets is going to be you know largely in rushing areas and I'm curious before I go back to Andy though andy matt i want to ask you about just attempts i mean do you are you betting these attempt props on rushing and not just the yards is that something that you might be interested in
2: Oh, I've definitely played some attempts. Uh, I've played quarterback attempts mostly. Um, I've done some stuff with Jalen Hurts' attempts. Uh, obviously, I loved playing the J- Justin Fields' attempts. Um, I mean, maybe, you know, a Deshaun Watson attempts, considering what's going on there. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, those are the the ones that I do. So, yeah, Andy, what do you think? I mean, Franco Harris, the Raiders, the opponent, the Immaculate Reception, 50-year anniversary. Is Najee Harris in for a big game potentially? Is Tomlin the type to feed into something like that?
3: I I think he's uh, I think he's pretty no nonsense. I think he will I think he will give the respect and pay homage to Franco Harris kind of on his own time. I don't think he messes with game script. Uh I if you're going to take a Najee Harris over it's because you think the Raiders rushing uh defense is not very good. Not, uh, Najee's been a hit or miss, m- more miss uh than th- th- than anything this year as uh, people that draft him in the first round in their fantasy leagues well know. I would not put too much stock into something like that as Tomlin does Tomlin just doesn't really strike me as a guy that's going to do something like that to he he would, he would much more have guys write Franco Harris's number on their shoes rather than mess around with, you know, with a game plan is, is, is my opinion on that one. So. Um, all right, guys, let's go around. Let's uh do a quick little topic each, then we'll announce the winners of the hoodies and we will get to our best bet of the week. Um, so Andrew, coming to you first, uh, NHL New Year Futures look. Uh, what are you looking forward to coming up in the future in NHL?
4: Well, you know, this is really the time of year I start to look at things, and uh, I don't want to take too much time on the show, and I'll definitely be kind of re updating things as we move on here throughout the year every Friday on Prop It Up, but uh. You know, take a look at, you know, some of the guys that are favored right now in the NHL to win the Stanley Cup. We've got the Bruins plus 500, the Avalanche plus 550. And then you start to fall off with, you know, 9-1 nine, nine to on the Golden Knights, 10-1 to one in the Maple Leafs. I want to take it a big step back here, guys. Take a look at the Minnesota Wild right now at 22-1. to one. This is a team playing really well in conference play, really well in division play. They just picked up some really good guys for their third line. They've got an outstanding goaltender with Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, their power play is super dangerous. They had a slow start to the year. They've picked it up ever since. Even in their losses, they seem to be very competitive. At 22-1, to 1, I believe the Minnesota Wild this year are ready to take that step over what we saw them like last year in the playoffs. So that's one team I'm interested, one team I'm looking at. And as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned, I mean, look, the Rangers at 20-1 to here, to me, that price, that's just way too high. This is something that we have to pull trigger on. Again, this is a team that's underachieved. They haven't played to what they're capable of. They haven't turned the corner yet. They haven't had that streak we're waiting for them to have. And I'm telling you, once they go on that run, once they go on that streak, once the players start playing like we know they can, that 20 to one will be Gonzo. So I think that those are two teams, I think from, from uh, each conference that I really recommend people get down on, grab a future on it. And hopefully if I'm right, you guys can watch that number go down and you'll have a really, really good price locked in. So... Um, I think those are two teams in the Rangers and the wild that we're getting really good future prices on right now. I expect them to have a great uh, second half of the season. and Hopefully we can cash a ticket. And, and also Andy, we're setting things up for a hedge as well. I mean, that's what I do with these big ones. We're not taking the favorites. We're not taking the top three or four teams right now. We're taking some teams at you know, some really, really big prices.
3: Nice. Uh, Matt coming to you for some bull thoughts, maybe a prop for tomorrow slate. What do you like in the bull thoughts and maybe a prop?
2: Yeah, I think we've seen so far motivations winning out over talent. Uh, if Baylor and Air Force played a game in you know November uh, in Fort Worth, it probably wouldn't have gone the way it went last night. Uh, but clearly, Baylor didn't really want to be there. So I feel like you kind of have to change your handicap up just a little bit when it comes to bowl games, because, as I said, you know, motivation is arguably number one and also defections we're seeing some teams that have a ton of guys who aren't playing. Like, Florida had over 22 scholarship players uh, who weren't playing in that game, whether it was opt-outs or injuries or transfers or things like that. If you really don't want to be there, it shows on the field. Last night, it was bitterly cold, and Baylor didn't want to have to spend what, uh, 60 minutes defending the triple option, and it showed. Air Force beat him beat up, so that's something you kind of want to look at. Uh, a prop for today that I kind of like, it's plus money. Uh, I like Sam Hartman over two and a half passing touchdowns. Uh, it's plus 125 on DraftKings. DraftKings, uh, it's going to be the final game for Sam Hartman with Wake Forest um, because he's either going to transfer or he's going to go to the NFL. The coaching staff knows it. The players know it. Uh, they're going to play a really big effort for him in this game. Missouri had three key defensive guys uh, transfer out, and uh, they have talked about this week how their safety position is kind of in flux and they may have to use a lot of backups. Well, against a team who throws the ball a lot, that's a bad thing. So today, if you want to, for a little plus money, Uh, out there. Look at Sam Hartman over two and a half passing touchdowns in Wake Forest game over Missouri.
3: Good stuff. Good stuff from Matt Josephs at sportsmemo.com. You can grab all of his uh, uh, bowl games and you can grab all of Andrew's NHL at wagertalk.com. All right, let's give away some hoodies. Uh, I'm gonna use my segment to just give away a nice wager talk hoodie and a, a nice little football there. So on bet on it, we said if you wish me happy birthday in the comments, we would pull three names uh, at random, and we have this morning. And those names are uh, I pulled a I pulled uh, an impossible one to pronounce, so I apologize. I'm gonna put your name here, Eric Sasezyak. We'll go with that. Uh, Patrice Edward and Linda Butler, congratulations. Uh, you have won uh, the the Wager Talk hoodie and football. Uh, if we have your email, we'll just be emailing you. But uh, I'll uh, reach out to you in the comment section in Bet on it, and we'll get those shipped off for you. Those hoodies are freaking awesome. Super comfortable. I I wear it all the time. I wear them in all my videos. So uh, congratulations to Eric and Linda and Patrice. Congratulations on winning. Congratulations for me for being born so that's Eric.
4: congrats to your parents congrats. honestly a huge congrats to your parents
3: congrats congrats to the parents yes uh i've, I've been a, a gem the jewel of their eye all right andrew Welcome. coming to you let's let's do uh the best bet of the week here um you've got uh you've got you got a good one I, I i like this one it's a little bit of a an, an obscure one but we're going to the nhl Andrew, of the floor is yours what do you like
4: yeah i thought i'd mix things up a little bit uh on a pretty good run uh with these uh best bets here on on the show so i'll try and keep it going and i'm uh on the ice here tonight with one and this is uh the devils uh jack hughes over three and a half shots on goal Look, right now, they are really high, uh, number two in the league as far as shots on goal per game. They are up there in top five in goals per game, this Devils team. And Jack Hughes' production, his time on ice, has been very, very high lately. And the Devils really haven't been playing their best hockey. Now they have to play pretty much the hottest team in the league right now in the Boston Bruins who had a really good start defensively to their year, but they've really fallen off and slipped up recently defensively. And I think that both Jack Hughes and the rest of the Devils players can take advantage of that tonight. And with that being said, I think we'll get over three and a half shots on goal. If the Devils compete, I believe that means Jack Hughes is involved in this game and we're just asking him to get four shots on goal. It might seem a lot because a lot of times we see two and a half and stuff like that. But guess what? This guy gets seven, six, five. Uh, like it's nobody's business. So he's somebody that you should have on your board as far as a shots-on-goal player. We're going to Jack Hughes tonight over three-and-a-half shots.
3: There we go. Jack Hughes over three-and-a-half shots. Our prop-it-up best bet. Great work, gentlemen. Uh, everyone, please have a happy holiday. Please have a safe happy holiday if you're traveling. Be careful on those roads. Don't go out unless you absolutely have to if you're in a, a bad Place, uh, which I am, man, it is just brutal here. Minus seven uh, this morning when I woke up. So, uh, Andrew, thanks so much. You can find all of Andrew McGinnis's plays at wagertalk.com. Matt Joseph's, thank you as well. You can find all of Matt's plays, especially his college bowl selections at sportsmemo.com. I am Andy Lang. I've got NBA and NFL up at wagertalk.com. Good luck. Let's have a great and happy festive and profitable weekend, and we'll see everyone next week on Prop It Up.
1: In the spirit of the holidays, we want you to celebrate with your favorite Wager Talk or Sports Memo handicappers and do it at a discount by giving you a one time 25% off everything you can fit into your cart between now and midnight on December 25th using coupon code GIFT25 when checking out. While this coupon can only be used once at Wager Talk and once at Sports Memo, the value is unlimited and there is no limit on what you can add to your cart when redeeming. Daily, all access, season, pick your team and even mix and match handicappers as the combinations are endless. Remember there is no limit to the number of handicappers at WagerTalk and Sports Memo you can lock in, but coupon code GIFT25 will expire at midnight on Christmas. On behalf of everyone at Wager Talk, Sports Memo and Gold Sheet, we want to thank you for supporting us in 2022 by watching our videos, following us on social media, and trusting us with your wagers. However you celebrate, we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and happy holidays.